Welcome to the Rough Places into Level Ground podcast, where we'll be studying various scriptures and their application to our lives. And as we come to God's Word, He promises to lead us in ways we do not know, in paths that we have not known, and to turn our darkness into light and rough places into level ground. Welcome to today's study. I'm Jackie Burns, and I'll be your host. Where do you go for comfort that won't let you down? What gives you hope and security on the days when the bottom seems to have fallen out of your world? Who do you belong to that will never leave you, even on your darkest days? Who in your life can meet all your needs? And what fills that void, the emptiness, loneliness, and the feeling that something is missing in your life? And if you just had it, everything would be fine. Well, we're going to look at these questions and the answers that God wants us to hear in his word as we study God's word written in Isaiah 44, 1 through 5. As we begin, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we come to you today, we ask that you bless our study. Help us, Father, to know we're your beloved ones, and we can always come to you and turn back to you if we stray. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's look at the background to today's scripture. This passage in Isaiah was written long ago to the Israelites to comfort and encourage them, and it's meant to do the very same thing for us today. Right before we come to today's scripture, we find that the Israelites have turned from God. They turned to the things of this world to help them. They were facing an opposing force, the Babylonians, who were threatening to conquer them. And during this time, the Israelites had their own answers to the questions of who would help them and who would meet their needs. They took charge of their lives and, like many of us, believed they were self-sufficient. They even made their own gods, often from pieces of wood that they used to burn for heat and fire to cook with. They would take a piece of this wood and carve from it a tiny idol, a tiny man-made God. The Israelites would worship and pray to this God of their creation to help them and save them. But no help and no answers ever came. What came was their exile from the land where they belonged, the land God had given them to be their home. What came was their exile from their relationship with their true God and then captivity by their enemy, the Babylonians. We can imagine how they must have felt when what they turned to for help failed them. They were a people who now left behind everything they had and all they knew. Think of the emptiness, the longing, the feelings of not knowing where they belonged that must have filled them. These are feelings that from time to time we all share with the Israelites. So the Israelites are not too different from us. We too create idols in our life, many gods, things we look to in order to satisfy our deepest needs. For us, it may be work that we look to for fulfillment. It may be our relationships. Maybe we turn to shopping, eating, drugs, alcohol, or we search for the one person we think will complete us, 
or the one more thing that if we just had it, it would meet our needs and quench that emptiness and longing inside that just keeps gnawing at us. For some of us, the quest can be detrimental. We find ourselves in an endless search, but still, we're not able to meet that need deep inside of us. Maybe we feel like we don't belong, or if we could just find the right place, the right group, the right person, or if we could just be different or good enough, we would belong, and we would feel good, and we'd be happy. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Isaiah 44 as we read verses 1 through 5. Here is the word of our Lord. But now hear, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus says the Lord, who made you, who formed you from the womb, and will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They shall spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams. And this one will say, I am the Lord's, and another will call on the name of Jacob, and another will write on his hand the Lord's and name himself by the name of Israel. So we can see in these verses that God begins by saying, but now, indicating things can be different and there's going to be a change. God's people can have a new start and a new relationship with him despite their past, despite turning from him to little wooden idols they created and worshiped. God's offering comfort and hope to his people. He's calling them and he's calling us back to him. Have you ever experienced a time when in some way you messed up and you needed a do-over? Well, God is always willing to give us a do-over when we recognize our mistakes and our need for him. And so much of our trouble in this life comes from thinking we are self-sufficient and we don't need God. There are two other things in verse 1 that need our attention, and that is what it means to hear and what it means to be a servant. So God begins by saying, hear me. He says, but now hear, O Jacob, my servant Israel, whom I have chosen. So to hear in Hebrew, the language the Old Testament is written in, means not only to listen, but to respond in right action to what we've heard. God addresses Jacob, Israel, as his servant. And to serve God is to believe his word, to know him, and to understand that he is God. This is the action God wants us to take, to know him, to believe and understand he is God. He's the one we can turn to for all our needs. He's the one who will always truly help us. God has chosen Israel, and by our belief in Jesus Christ, we're included as God's chosen people. We're adopted into his family. We are special to God. We are his children. So what else does our God want us to hear and know in this passage? In verse 2, God tells us he made us. He's our creator. God was with each of us before we were born. 
He was forming us in the womb. So God's not going to abandon us. He made us. We are his children. Why wouldn't he sustain us? We're not to fear in this world. No matter what we face, he, God, is with us and will sustain us. He calls to us as Jeshurun. Now this name means beloved. God calls us his beloved. And here in verse 2, he calls again to us his servant, wanting us to hear, to believe, to know, and understand him. You know, these are all the ingredients for a relationship. Think about how we behave with people we like, people we want to have in our lives. We seek to get to know them. We want to understand them, and we want them to know and understand us. We want to be special to them. Well, here is God saying to us, you are my beloved. You are special to me. You are chosen. Know me. Know my love for you. God wants us to know him, and he calls to us, hear me, know me, understand my love for you. God wants a relationship with us, our God, our creator. The creator of the entire universe wants a relationship with you and with me, and he calls to us to know him. God goes on in verse 3 to tell us what he wants to give us, what he will do for us. He says, I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. We've all experienced, or maybe we are experiencing, times in our life when we feel empty. Times where we thirst and yearn for something more. Times we feel as if our lives are dry and something is missing. Maybe we're in a season of loneliness or sickness. Maybe we are in the midst of a relationship that is ending. Maybe we've gotten our sense of fulfillment from our children, and they're now leaving home. Maybe we got our sense of worth from our job, but that job is ending or we retire. There are so many circumstances in our lives that can leave us thirsting for more. The reality is that only God can fill us and meet our deepest needs unconditionally and always. And God tells us, I will pour water on the thirsty land, so much so that streams will be made on the dry ground. Now, water in Scripture is used to refer to God's Word and His Spirit. God is telling us He will pour Himself through His Spirit into our dry places into the places in our lives where we thirst for more, into our longings, God will be. He will pour into us so much so that we'll have excess, we'll be filled, and we will be fulfilled by our God who's chosen us, formed us, and calls us his beloved. We'll have hope and joy that no other can give us, and we will have enough to share with others. God will pour into us and bless us, And when we are in relationship with God, when we are in and open to his word, his blessings will be poured into every area of our lives. And as a result of God's pouring into us, we'll be renewed. In verse 4, God says, They shall spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams. 
So we're going to be filled with life. God will fill us with life. Our empty places, our places of yearning and thirst will be filled as we thrive and be nourished, just like those willows beside the springs whose roots are anchored deep within the water, the water of God's word and spirit. When we're anchored in God's word, he pours into us and fills us with his love for us. And as we come to know that we belong to our God, our creator, our father, we can feel secure in his love for us. We can feel secure in this world, regardless of our circumstances, and we don't need to fear. As we belong to God, a God who fills us, it becomes easier to be in relationship with others because we don't need them to fill us. We don't need them to meet our every need. We're not dependent on them for who we are, for our security or our happiness, because in God, we have all we need. And in this way, we become free to enjoy and love others for who they are, not for what we need for them. But you may be thinking, okay, how do I get this? What's, what's my part in all of this? How is this going to happen for me? Well, remember back to the first verse where God calls us to hear. And to hear means not just listen, but respond. Well, our response is to know God by seeking him in his word. To believe we belong to God, to know and believe how loved we are by God. We're his chosen, his beloved. We're his people that he calls to be in relationship with him. He calls us to turn back, turn back from the idols we've created in this world that we think are going to save and help us. Turn back from the things we worship in this world, thinking they're our answer. Just like the Israelites, we make mistakes. We sin and we turn away from God. And also like the Israelites, we tend to want to choose our own way. We look to the things of this world to fill us. But God is always calling us back, wanting us to be open, to receive his blessings, to commit our lives to him, to be in relationship with him, to belong to him. This God who formed us, who made us, who gave us life, will continue to do so. He will sustain us through all times. He's not going to leave us. God tells us, Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. And we need to answer God's call and come to know him through his word. His word is our truth, and it's our guide in this world. You know, God's word is amazing. I don't know exactly how it works inside us, how it changes us, but I know it does. I know that reading his word and listening to what he wants to tell us and being in relationship with him has absolutely changed my life. The Bible tells us God's word is alive and it always accomplishes what he sends it out to do. No matter where we are in our lives, regardless of our struggles, God's word, his spirit and blessing can reach us if only we open ourselves up to it. An answer as our God calls us, as our God says to us, but now, here. You know, I'm reminded of a story um, of the pebble written by Susan Millard. It's a story about a pebble who lived a good life. He lived it along the shore, but he was always longing for more. 
and it was a longing he couldn't understand. He would think, you know, if only in some way I could be different, that I'd be something special. I wouldn't just be a pebble on the shore. And this empty feeling, it wouldn't leave him. Well, one day a boy was at the shore, and he picked up the pebble, and he decided to keep it with him to be reminded of his time here at the shore. And, and this pebble fit perfectly in the boy's hand. And he decided, this pebble's going to be my pocket friend. And the boy's hand was warm as it held the pebble. And the pebble knew he belonged. And no longer did this pebble long to be something else or to have more. As we answer God's call to hear him and to know him and to believe him, just like that pebble, we're going to know where we belong, and we will know God holds us in his hand. As we close today's study, let us all know it's God who's there for us always. It's God who wants to meet us in our dark times, in our struggles. It's God who won't let us down. He's the one more thing that if we only had it, we would be happy. To God we belong. We're his chosen, we're his beloved. And let's remember, his hand is always holding us. And in him, we have all we need. Thanks for listening. And until next time, praise God and God bless.